Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Boundary AFLW on SEN podcast. Today, we're going to be joined by St. Kilda AFLW coach Peter Searle to talk all things St. Kilda, talk about how she's built a team from scratch and all that cool stuff. My name's Nick Negropontis. I work for SEN.com.au, and I'm joined by AFLW rising star player who Jack Heverin called a gun on SEN Breakfast two days ago, Chloe Malloy. Oh, thank you, Jack. Hello. Was... Welcome. I'm back. I'm back. Big back. break. Big break. I've got a rip a tan. Absolutely I've been complimented on it, but I am unfortunately peeling. Oh, um, me too. Don't worry. But Jack, thanks, Jack. You're a ripper too. There you go. There's my shout out to him. I'll, I'll put the audio in here, <laughs> but I couldn't bring it with me because I'm, I'm lazy. Anyway, so we've got a big show today. We're going to get to Peter Searle after we do our, our thing in the, at the beginning. If you didn't tune into our first episode, where you been? This, but, but how we usually start this show is we ask each other questions. We don't uh, show each other these questions. We're sort of blindsided and that's part of the fun. So Chloe, please, please open the batting. Well, yes. The re- you've done your rising star prediction. Oh no. And the AFLW have put out a survey and I've, the players were asked who their best ruck midfielder forward defender are. Yeah. And just... I'm because you're a nerd and you, you yes, know correct. the stats and numbers. I love that you just accept it. And you're not in <laughs> denial. Um, so my question is: Who is your? It's pretty long winded. Yep. Who is your best ruck mid forward back? Jeez, that's hard. I'm going to have to think about that. Now this is far away. Who's your best ruck? Go. Best ruck in the competition is. Dude, I don't do want it. to say Lauren Pierce because I don't think she's the best ruckman. I think she's the best around the grounds ruckman. Mm-hmm. I kind of think Erin McKinnon. Yeah, GWS. Yeah, I yeah. think she, okay. she's the best. I like um, that one. Who do you think? Well, I like Shane Layton, but I'm clearly biased. <laughs> um, Bree Moody. Bree Moody, yep. Yeah. You could be about your own Carlton. Could be anything, that one. Yes, she could be. I expect a big season from her, actually. Uh, midfield, this is probably a very obvious one. Well, I almost think the answer to midfield and forward is Aaron Phillips. Yes, well, I Cause tend I, to agree I with actually you. have a question down for you here. Who is the best forward in the AFL? Because I don't think there is one. I don't think there is a standout. Well, we don't have any true forward. I mean, true forwards in that forwards like they don't just play that specific role. Yeah. They 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 interchange between two. But the survey between the players was Jazzy Garner. I do have to agree with that. Um, but then you can't go past Flipper, can you? No, because it's I really th- hard to go. Past I almost Flipper. feel like Jazzy played her best footy at half back. Yeah, well, for Collingwood. Yeah, yeah, she she got put down back, and yeah, she had a ripper. And obviously Darcy Vesio was season one. She clearly had the title belt as best forward. Yes. But I think even she would admit she sort of probably relinquished that. But I don't know if anyone's picked it up. Taylor Harris maybe could have been, but if she kicked accurately last year. Stevie Lee won the goal kicking. Yes. Yeah. Who we missed last pod on the last episode. Yes. Uh, Brooke Lachlan as well, but yes, she obviously was injured. Goal. But I don't, I don't feel confident saying either of them just yet. So Any forwards out there, prove us wrong, and you can take that title this season. Uh, best back. Best defender. Oh. Meg McDonald, I think. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. Geelong was impossible to score on last year, and she was the, the key key to that. So off the top of my head, it's probably Chelsea Randall as well, but obviously she's done a knee. Oh, it's so, that it's so actually sad. breaks my heart. Oh. It actually breaks my heart. It's like it's probably the only weakness Adelaide has now, is that they've lost her. Well, it's almost like they're down on a, I guess you could say, even, even playing field now because of un- the unfortunate stars that they've lost through injury. Um, but yeah, you do not wish injury upon anyone. I was going to, as I said, I was going to ask you about the survey, so I'll go to that now. What did you think of the survey? I mean, it was one player per club surveyed. Yes. Well, if you actually scroll down right to the bottom, it said 
14 players were asked. So um, <laughs> they've kind of generalized it. Uh, we weren't all asked. Um, but I, I guess the people they, they did question on it were ones that had some clue. Um, but with the ruck, so I've got noted down who, who I guess yeah, just say, let, tell, won the survey. Tell everyone who, uh, who won the Ruck specific. was Lauren Pierce. Yes. Um, but I think people won't be seeing the best uh, ruck woman um, till round four. Cause, Do explain. Uh, I've just heard that she um, isn't uh, 100% fit yet. Really? Yes. Which, Interesting. I know. It, it's only slowly sleeping, seeping out. Um, yeah, I heard round four is when we can expect to see Lauren Pierce. a huge loss for the Ds. Massive loss because if you want to replace her, you, you've only got Cunningham and Zanka to really choose yeah. from and, and we need both, them in the forward you line. You both want them both inside 50. So, yeah, I don't know who's going to take the ruck. Very um, interesting. Maybe the likes of Mithin can go up for the ruck. I don't know how she goes. She'll <laughs> give it a good crack, I can tell you that. Um, but best ruck, well, Moody, I enjoy Moody. And then um, I'm very, 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 very biased towards this person, but um, Shani Layton. <laughs> I want to see her do an AFLW level first. Yes, that's okay. I'll, that's fair. But I, I back her in 100%. More than happy. This is a pro Shani Layton office, as you know, in the digital team. We are all pro. We are very, very pro. pro Shani Layton. We just want to see it at AFLW level. Yes, I, I think she, I think she'll, you'll see it this season. For sure, especially come round two, Font. So who, who do they, they haven't released who the best defender was yet? or uh, They have actually, yes. and Chelsea Randall topped that one Again, off. Again, that's such a shame. Yeah, it is. I reckon I could talk about it for ages, about how good of a person and player. And when they're a genuine person off field, it just makes you enjoy them more on field. For sure. Um, and then when, you know, tragic things like an injury such as Chelsea suffering an ACL, it kind of hits harder and it's more personal for you because you're like, I don't want that person going mm. through anything like that, let alone anyone. Um, but yeah, she is a huge, huge loss for them. But on the topic of ACL and, and Randall, um, Flipper's done hers as well. She's coming back. Um, I actually saw her at a Puma shoot and she now is having issues because her quad is too big. I didn't <laughs> think that was the thing, but her quad is too big. Um, they got announced co-captains despite, yeah. um, you know, Flip. Unknown when she'll come back. She she's hoping round one if she's ready, but that probably tells you she's leaning towards playing because otherwise you would probably name someone else yes. like they did, like Melbourne did with Daisy Pierce last yeah. year. So another team who hasn't announced their captains yet. Yes, which I'm intrigued. I wonder how Daisy is tracking. Um, yeah, it's interesting that they've held off. Well, a couple of clubs have actually held off announcing captains. Well, I know you want to ask Peter Searle about that. Yes, I definitely so. do. Well, it's just odd for me, Pont, that we're four weeks out of round one and. There's no, I mean, you don't have to announce it publicly, but I'm just intrigued as to why clubs haven't announced their, their captaincy. Um, cause you know, there's a handful that have, and there's a handful that haven't. So I will get the chance to ask Peter Searle. Um, but yeah, it's interesting for that. They haven't. I've got a good one for you. Ooh, hit I'm me. sure you're, let's go in a bit more positive direction. Okay. Okay. Your clash with Melbourne has been moved to Marvel stadium on the night of the state of origin game. Are you excited? Am I excited? That is a rhetorical question because yes, I am really, really pumped about that game. Hell yeah. Um, especially just because of the cause. Um, and it's pretty devastating to scroll through your social media and not be able to do anything. Yeah. You feel really useless and really helpless. Um, and you almost feel selfish just sitting at home watching it. Um, I, on the holidays, I, I went down to Cape, Cape Shank with a teammate and I, um, lost my GoPro, um, silly me, but I reckon I complained for about 10 minutes and then I stopped and I thought to myself, Chloe, you are being so selfish right now. You are complaining about a materialistic item, a GoPro, 
when there are people, you know, on the front line fighting a fire, losing homes, and yeah, I kind of felt very selfish for even complaining about, a, you know, a GoPro that I can is very easily replaceable. Um, but it's awesome that um, we've, you know, the initiation, the initiative by the AFL to move that game um, as a curtain raiser to the the All Star game to to raise funds for people who really desperately need it at the minute. Yeah, and it's just a cool, like, obviously the game was going to clash and it seemed like, okay, what are they going to do? Are they going to forget about it? What are they going to do? Moving it there, putting it before, I think that's just such a smart, simple solution. And credit to the AFL for working that one out. Yeah, I'm really pumped about it. And, yeah, it'll probably be quite an emotional game for me. Um, my family was involved in the Black Saturday oh, wow, bushfires really? um, about a decade ago now. So, yeah, the bushfires is a, a bit of a touchy subject. So I'm actually really pumped to, to play in that game. That's good to hear. Um, yeah. Should be a good one. Have you got any other questions? Have I got any other questions for Nick Pont? How do I say last name again? Negropontus. Negropontus. Not that, not that hard. <laughs> I'm, getting, um, I'm getting queries from people who, because that nickname doesn't exist outside this office. Pont? At, Pont? at all. I, that never existed outside of this office. What I'm, are you calling it inside the office? Nick. Oh, that's you boring. Know, I was my name? something so much better. <laughs> I actually am very intrigued to know, to rack your brain of how you think Adelaide will go this season, despite dropping those stars. Mm, interesting. Um, we pumped them up. We, we, you know, they had the formula for a premiership, and now it yep. seems within three weeks it's just gone. Anything that could go wrong has gone wrong. That's yeah, it's a good question. Um, I know we're going to do a full predictions podcast in the coming weeks, and we are working at the logistics of that. But as as you mentioned, the whole the five star policy, which I'm I'm going to ask you about in a minute. Spoiler. <laughs> so basically, what what this the formula of this is: you need five A grade players to win the flag. Obviously, no um, no Chelsea Randall. Sorry about that. Um, I still think they have five stars. I was going, I've been doing uh, best 22, best 21s for each team, and I've still got them having one, two, three, four, five, six. Still Even six. without Chelsea Randall, you've got Aaron, Courtney Gum, I, I would say, is probably still an A grader. Yep. And Hatchard became an A grader last year. You know, she was benching just, just on the day I was watching social media, and I just have a very good eye. She was benching 60 kilos. That's She is looking awesome. so fit. Well, Very she, fit. she was probably the most improved player last year. 100%. So. I'm actually quite scared to come up against <laughs> her because she's looking very fit and kudos to her for putting in the hard work. But yes, sorry. Anne Hatchard. Ebony Marinoff is an A grader. Yep. Courtney Cramey is an A grader. Yep. And I think Danielle Ponter is an A grader. Do you now? I think she is going to tear the competition apart this year, assuming she hasn't got any injury issues or anything like that. I don't know. Touch wood for you, Pont. But yeah, I think she was, I think she might be the best small forward in the competition. So I'm curious to see how she plays this year, especially with Ruth Wallace back, Mm -hmm. who was basically the same role as, as Ponta two years ago before um, being inactive. Now they're both back. I'm really curious to see how they play. So I still think the Crows can win the flag even without uh, Chelsea Randall. It's a big call by you. Very big call. Anyway. Do you need five superstars to win the flag? Please explain where this came from. <laughs> Do you need five stars? Well, I actually, this formula came from Wayne Siegman. Ex-Hollingwood ex coach, Wayne Siegman. Ex, who actually, um, congratulations, being a new role. I as saw a, that today, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awesome for him. Um, as I put on my, my friend hat, it's, yeah, it's amazing for him and his family. And he's going to do very good things over there. But... Um, the formula actually came from him. So I was a bit of a sticky nose when I um, was living with him and he loves his numbers and he, his stats and everything like that. Um, he's a stat man. 
I'm a stat man. I was going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he actually came up with the formula um, and he, he explained it to me and it, it made sense. So obviously I jumped onto the theory that you need five stars um, to win a premiership, but I, I'm going to stick by it. So the the reason is because each line is covered yep. um, and then you've obviously got two other A-grade superstars that can move around the ground and yeah, I just, oh, I'm going to stick by it because the way he explained it to me, it's just stuck in my head that you need five and um, I'm probably going to hold on to it because we've got five at Collingwood. So Do you, Okay. Um, please tell me the five because I've just went through it and I got four. You got four? So I'm curious well, to see. Well, tell me who the four are. You tell me who your five are. No, you tell me who okay. your four are. Okay. <laughs> you caved you so win. quickly. I'm a caver. Okay. <laughs> Ash Brazel is a star. Yep. Brie Davey is obviously a star. She's yep. the second best player in the competition. Yep. Jamie Lambert is a star. Yep. And you are a star. Oh, I appreciate that a lot. I got you. Okay, who else? I got you. <laughs> who um, else you got? I think you're missing Rowie. Really? Sarah, Sarah Rowie. Yes. She's coming back. Like I thought she looked fit already, but she's come back and looked fitter, um, if that's even a thing. Um, yeah, so there's there's my five. Um, I think pro Shani again. I think Shani has the ability <laughs> To be a um, A grade player, I think Sarah Darcy has the ability yes, to be an A grade pil- player. Um, I'm actually really excited to watch Sarah Darcy this season. Mm. I think the forward line um, is going to be a better in a better place with with her there. Um, Sophie Alexander as well. Um, but I think we've got five verging I'm, on six. Interesting. I'm very curious to see what your forward line looks like, as we uh, have previously discussed. I think Collingwood is a team that can win the flag this year. Even I'm saying that without without you being in the room. I'm saying that <laughs> as an unbiased journalist. I think the Pies can win, pending having a player kick 10, 15 goals. I think that's yeah. the one thing that I, I'm looking for. And whether that's you, whether that's Sarah, whether that's yeah, consistent goal else. scorer. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely right there. But back to the formula. Yes. Um, well, let's talk about Western Bulldogs premiership win. Let's name five A grade players from that team. I know this is taking it. Yep. Back they had Blackburn. Yep. Carney. Yep. Conti. Yep. Brennan wasn't in the team, but she was a star. Yeah, but she wasn't on the field. She wasn't well, on the field. We won't count her. Um, Sorry, Brennan. Uh, Lachlan at that time was a yep. star. Uh, it's yeah, Obviously, we're doing this without the team in front of us. Yes. But I think I think they definitely had had a f- five. Kirsty Lamb was pretty good that year. Yes. Um, I think oh, Kirsty Lamb's someone who's very underrated, I think. Yeah, she's, she's a star midfielder. Yeah, well, there you go. So they, they had Hannah five. Scott. There's another one. Yes. There you go. Oh, yeah, she made All-Australian that year, yep. I'm pretty sure. Um, yeah, there you go. There's another five. So each year there's been, we could name five stars. Well, I mean, Adelaide have taken it out <laughs> majority of the time. So yeah, it's interesting because um, I've gone through all of the, the team lists and Adelaide at the moment is the only one that I've got with five. I haven't finished all the teams yet. Yep. I've got you guys with four. I've got Fremantle with three. I've got North with four. They would have had five if they still had Jamie Stanton, but mm-hmm. she's not there anymore. Uh, Geelong has two, including Nina Morrison. Carlton has three. And Who's your Carlton ones? Carlton ones are Harrington, Harris, Presparkus. Yeah, I think they're all stars. Uh, Taylor Harris could be anything if she, if she gets her goal kicking right. Last year she would have been all Australian and won the goal kicking. Yeah, had she kicked accurately, which I think has flown under the radar. I think the D's have four pending what we see from Daisy Pierce, obviously mm. after a year off, and Lauren Pierce apparently now injured, so that would leave it them with two, maybe two and a half. Yep. That's interesting. I've got the dogs still with uh, three, with Kirsty, Hannah, and Ellie Blackburn. Yep. The Saints have none at this stage, but obviously we haven't seen a lot of their players yet. So I'm I'm not going to call someone a star mm. if I haven't seen them. Well, that's the whole. We, we spoke about it on the last episode. Um, team of champions versus champion team. Yep. And we think Saint Kilda could be that champion team. Absolutely. If you're going to back anyone in, it's Peter Searle. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got the Tigers with four. 
uh, Conti, Frederick, Brennan, and Christina Bernardi. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Brisbane with four, but I'm worried about what they've got around those four. Uh, Lutkins, Bates, Wooshner, Zil- Zilke. Mm-hmm. And Gold Coast won with Leah Kessler. But again, I haven't seen a lot of their players yet, and I haven't yep. done uh, West Coast or GWS just yet. Yep. So, yeah. we. I mean, prove my formula wrong. Um, <laughs> but yes, it looks like you need – could even be a four-star. Four but star. we'll see. We'll see. Come next season, we'll have yep. a – We'll have the podcast going again, and we'll probably listen back to our five-star formula, and we'll see if we've been proven wrong or not. It's definitely one that's going to need a few more years. Um, one more for you. How much work do you put in to prevent serious like knee injuries and ACL injuries? How much of your thinking and preparation goes into that? Yeah, this is actually a really good question by you, Nick. Thank you. We do a lot at Collingwood, so I'm going to speak on behalf of Collingwood. Our whole, we do, I reckon, half an hour um, of prehab, and there's a lot of emphasis on it, and we, we we do everything we can to prevent it. It's, you know, there's been studies done. We've had Latrobe come out, um, do a whole lot of tests, strength testing, everything like that. Um, surveys sent out, uh, prep to play. So I was part of that um, coming together with a booklet on, on prepping to play um, the AFRW because it is, we have to prep differently to the men because our bodies are different. Yeah, yeah there's actually a, a fair bit of time that goes in and I can probably say this on behalf of everyone that goes into to prepping us to play. And if you look on the socials, um, the short little highlights they do, there's so many, you know, exercises that the girls do, you know, jumping on one leg, jumping on two legs. So we, obviously the clubs don't want their players injured. And so they spend a lot of time preventing injuries. Um, obviously, if an injury is going to happen, it's going to happen. But yeah, we, we do everything we can to, to prevent that from occurring, um, which starts from the start of training and even the gym sessions we do. So, yeah, a lot of time is invested into it. Fair enough. How much injury prevention do you do, Nick? Uh, literally not. <laughs> I play basketball every week and I just go down with some kind of minor ailment. Just get the elbows moving, get the fluid through yep, the joints and that, that'll do. A few uh, hamstring stretches. I don't <laughs> know if I'm doing it right. But anyway, what do you got? I know, oh, that's it. I've got food now. Oh, I have a question, just a, a personal question. How oh, was no. your holidays? Oh, it was great. <laughs> you were expecting, was, you were like, what has she got on me? I was very nah, I don't have anything on you, Tom. <laughs> How were your holidays? My holidays were very good. Um, I didn't go anywhere because I went to America before the holidays, yes. which meant I worked most of the holidays, but that's fine. Working from home is fun. I enjoy my job. So that was good. You went, um, you had your birthday, Christmas, you had your brother's birthday? Or yes. Your, you had a wedding? Yes. You yeah, had a very, lot on. Very good memory. I know, I'm great. Um, my break was pretty hectic, actually. I got up to a lot. I um, stayed very busy. So Christmas, went to Beverage. Um, so got on a plane, got to, to Beverage. Luke. I'm just kidding. Beverage isn't that far. Um, it's out in whoop whoop. But um, spent Christmas with the family. Um, even actually before that, prior to that, had a joint 21st and 18th with my younger brother, which was really cool. We had... Um, close families and friends there. Um, what else did I do? New Year's, actually. Went New into Year's. the city for New Year's, watched the fireworks with a couple of friends. Lovely. Um, but I'm actually going to say, going to the city is quite overrated. I agree. That's why I don't do it. But I've ticked the box. I've done yep. that. It's off the off the bucket list. And then just pretty much spent every second day at the beach, hence the color of Cut. my skin. Very much. And you know what else is overrated? <laughs> fireworks. Do you reckon? That's a take. Yeah, okay. I think that's a take for another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm anti-firework. Anyway. We're going to speak to AFLW coach Peter Searle now. We're going to bring her in. Um, we've got a lot of questions for her. Okay, so now we're joined by St Kilda AFLW coach Peter Searle. Peter, thanks for joining us. No problem. Thank you for having me. You're building, you've got the really cool situation on your hands, Peter, of, of building an AFLW team from scratch. 
How did you, mm-hmm. how did, what is the, where do you start with a task like that? That seems like a really cool thing to sort of get to do. Yeah, look, there's, there's obviously a lot of layers to it. Um, the first one um, is basically knowing a good year or so in advance that we're going to have a side and knowing that we are going to have to probably produce most of that side through our VFL program. So um, it was really important that we had a, a positive, uh, good couple of years leading up into AFLW through our VFL program. Uh, we started off the first year in uh, VFL program as the Southern Saints with about an experience of, an average experience of three games per player. Um, so hence a lot of new people uh, to the sport, a lot of cross-coders to the sport. Um, and probably, you know, given given the, the experience or lack of experience they had, had a successful year in winning five games. Uh, and in that year, we had um, seven of our players drafted. So uh, that was, I guess, promising that, I guess, the, uh, the program we were running to develop players was working. And then the following year being the year just gone, uh, it was really important that... Um, we, we kept growing in that space and it was definitely a, a KPI to, to play finals leading into AFLW. Um, so I guess to, uh, to get through to a prelim and then um, lose, lose Collingwood was disappointing, but uh, it, it definitely showed that, uh, you know, we're, we're progressing in the right way. Um, so obviously along the year last year, we were able to pre-select some girls from, from our group uh, and, we, we pre-select the majority of them. Uh, we had the opportunity to pre-select um, some underage girls or TAC Cup or NAB Cup girls. Uh, and we pre-selected, uh, I think, Molly, um, Molly McDonald. So she was our number second draft pick, so to speak, um, and Isabella Shannon. So that also, um, for them, knowing that they were going to year 12 year um, and had already been drafted to a club and their local club, um, was enabled them to go study and do the things that they need to do um, and enabled us to, you know, have some more contact with them, work with them, also just monitor the roads in terms of, you know, all, all the commitments they had so that, you know, when they got to us in our pre-season, they were ready to go. Um, it's important that we could get games into those girls as well. Uh, when I say games, VFL games, and, and those two girls certainly, um, you know, uh, up in terms of where they played at nationals and how they played at VFL, well, certainly one of our best players each week. So that was important leading to our AFLW um, draft day, I guess. So we're then left with with six draft picks and um, and all oh, seven draft picks, and then we went to the draft like each other club and and you know looked at what we needed and what we're missing and tried our best to get that. Yeah, and you're this is Chloe speaking. Sorry, hello, Peter. Hello, how are you going? I'm good, thank you. Um, your VFLW St Kilda side were very, very strong and you spoke of that lack of experience, but that wasn't noticeable at all because you were a very, very tough side to come up against. Um, but in speaking of lack of experience, um, just looking at your list, you know, you pulled a couple of girls from other clubs. Um, how did you go about targeting, I guess, those experienced players who did have a handful of games under their belt and that could, I guess, guide your team Um you know, so what was who did you target, I guess, um, and how did you go about getting players who had the experience? Yeah, look, we had um, lots of conversations with lots of players, um, as, as you do, and um, it was really important that um, we got players that wanted to come to the Saints. Um, you know, uh, Chloe, you understand the length of a women's footy now, um, especially the top two 
players, they can earn lots of money, um, lots of things can be thrown at them and, and, and so forth. But um, it not what we could give them, but what they're going to give us. Um, that was that was imperative. They needed to want to come here. They needed to want to make a difference. They needed to want to wear the red, black, and white. Um, and that was the number one priority. So um, just in, just to make sure that we got the right people, um, so that we could build our culture strong from the start. So um, that was the number one thing. And we're pretty stoked with the with the people that we've landed in that respect. We think that um, they've been. And it's not the experience at AFL, but they've also come to us for all the right reasons. Um, and, you know, it's, it's already been amongst our group that um, people like being here because there is no ego that's all pretty level-headed. Um, no one's ahead of anyone else. It's just everyone just enjoys being themselves and um, growing and learning to develop as football. Uh, we also went for a plan too, Um you know, uh, in terms of the type of footballers we got, so we sat down and worked out, okay, what are the, what we the things that hurt um, opposition, you know, and one of them is speed, um, especially in six men aside, big ground. So um, for speed, we also um, know that um, there's not a lot of good key tools around, but key tools do make a difference. I mean, you only have to look at Cunningham at Melbourne. Um, you only have to look at um, the North Melbourne run when she goes forward, she creates havoc and, and so forth. So uh, we thought it was important that we could get develop some key tools, and you know, so we drafted uh, a few of them through our VFL program. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is ball use, um, and you know, we know that while it was probably a bit harder for us to go and get players that had exceptional ball use, because normally they're you know already the top couple players of their team. Uh, um, you know, we know that we're going to get. The draft, so we wrap to get Georgia, um, and we know it's going to keep coming through the draft in there. Yeah. So we feel that a really good solid loose build moving forward in terms of speed, um, um, tools, and ability to be able to use the ball. So being basically essentially a third generation team, you've had the inaugural teams, then you had Geelong and North Melbourne. How much did what they have already done? Did you sort of take notes of and? Especially Geelong and North Melbourne, did you look especially at what they would what they had did last season when it came to your planning and your um your attempts to build this team? Yeah. Yeah, of course we did. Um the rules changed a bit though. <laughs> also from the ACA and what we could do versus what North Melbourne would do in terms of uh, grabbing all sorts of players. So um you know, there was a lot stricter rules put in place which may actually make it harder to go to play a lot of the player movement happened the year before. So a lot of the girls that were disengaged in clubs um, had already moved and not many want to move to a third club, which is totally understandable. I also felt that a lot of um, some of the clubs that perhaps um, got a few things wrong um, in terms of how they look after the girls, um, cut their act together knowing that there's, you know, expansions coming and, you know, um, really started to, I guess, provide what the girls needed to, you know, maintain, to, to grow as footballers, but also to, um, you know, life going forward so we felt player movement this year um was actually really hard so um you know we didn't quite have the same rules or the same ease of as more to just go and get a lot of players but um we also felt that um we probably wanted to follow a bit more of the belong model anyway and, and grow up from 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 below get that right and um 
the good you know you'll track what you need going forward and you know you know and, and that's probably you know you shouldn't look back in the past all the time you shouldn't live in the past and so forth but you know that's potentially what I did when I went to Darabin you know when I first coached there it was really poor culture we turned the culture around and ended up winning five premierships in a row so that that's the number one thing to get right um, and we 100% believe that we've got all the right people in our club to to, to get that right so you, you, you'd almost rather have been in the North Melbourne and Geelong slot before the AFL had really solidified all the rules and other teams really realised how severe the impact of uh, these new teams coming in was in terms of acquiring players. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say we're, I would have preferred to be in the first year. I mean, yeah, fair. you know, the fact is, is we're three years behind everyone. Um, you know, we're three years behind everyone and to be honest, um, you know, First pick up was pick five in the draft. You know, not quite sure how that works, but um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Colton got pick number two, and the Bulldogs got pick number one because losing Bree and Katie. But the point is, is they actually had Bree and Katie to lose, where no one's lost. So I don't think they got that part right in terms of uh, looking after the expansion clubs um, to enable them to be more competitive, but. Um, that's just the reality, um, but um, as I said, you know, really excited um, with what we actually got through the draft in the end. Yeah, speaking of the draft, um, you picked up one of my little favourites, uh, Nicola Zenos. Um, yes. How are your younger ones tracking, uh, in particular, Zenos? Um, as I'm a fan of hers, we played in the um, premiership together with the Pies, and she's uh, a really good egg, and she has a lot of potential. Um, I just guess wanted to check in with how she's tracking, and, and your Patrikios and, and the younger girls that you did pick up. Yes, um, I think, yeah, Nicola Zenis actually heard us in the before you guys kicked a goal against us. So, yeah, and then went on and had a, a good grand final. Look yeah, all the girls, all the young kids are, are tracking, tracking really well. Um, you know, we, we drafted what we, we thought would make our team better, um, and Nicola is certainly uh, one of those. Um, you know, we think we've got some speed in front of the ball already with Kate McCarthy and... Mm-hmm. Um, just said generic, but um, you know Nicola's speed and um, probably more of a sidestep and agility, um, as, which has shown in women's footy, has been um, really beneficial. So um, you know, she, she's tracking nicely. Um, Georgia too. Look, you know um, Georgia's just she's just a class footballer, isn't she? So um, you know for Georgia, you know it'll be you know how well does she step up to the next level? Uh, we have a lot of faith in her. She's going to be a good player for us, hopefully, for a long period of time. Uh, even Rosie Dillon, she's only a young kid that um, we picked up through draft that played at Hawthorne. Um, her footy her footy knowledge and now is, is pretty important. Tani White's been fantastic. Look, all, all the kids that we've picked up um, have have been positive. Um, you know, they've adjusted, I guess, to the AFLW level of conditioning and training. And, um, you know, they've been major contributors um, to our training and our match teams. So, you know, um, if you in our group, it doesn't matter how young you are, how old you are, or if you're good enough, you'll play. Um, you know, and they're certainly putting their hands up to, to be amongst those, the group of, you know, the first 21, 22 players that run out on the track. Just on that uh, Geelong comparison, uh, Peter, you, I think it was pretty clear to everyone on the outside that it did that you guys were going down the Geelong model rather than the the North Melbourne mm. sort of model. They got picks one, two, and like twelve in the draft. It didn't seem a bit unfair that you guys were only given one one pick in that first round. Was that frustrating for you guys? Oh, hundred <laughs> I mean, percent. 
I feel like there's been a lot of, you know, right from work goes, a lot of kickbacks in that sense. But, you know, that, you know, we can't do anything about it. That's what we've got given. Um, you know, we've just got to, we, we, I still believe strongly in what we've got. Uh, you know, our job is to grow and um, make everyone better footballers. And that's just, you know, that's the hand we're dealt with. And now we, we best play it out. And, and that's what we're doing. And, you know, I have a lot of faith in, in the 30 girls that we do have. Fair enough. That's absolutely fair enough. Um, what do you think in overall about the, the expansion of the competition, 14 teams in, in basically four years? How does, how does it, how do you, how do you personally feel like putting aside the fact that like the te- the that you are now a coach of a team? Do you think fourteen teams was too many too quickly, or do you think that the talent pool is is there? Yeah, well, that's a difficult one because if I don't say yes, we <laughs> we might not be having a side. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, it's a hard one. I'm definitely going to say uh, yes to that part. But look, you know, I think it's. Um, it's almost like saying, okay, so what is it, 220? Well, this is when the original competition was meant to start, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. You know, so um, the fact that it started where it did, look at the acceleration um, that has happened, even though potentially it might not have been ready. Who knows? Do you know what I mean? So I think um, by, by forcing it, it, forcing it to be at a certain number, it, it's, it's creating a lot of... Um, Yes, a lot of there's resources getting put into developing it, so it's actually speeding up the, the development of everything else that sits underneath it. Um, no, do I think I thought last year the footy um, with the expansion of two teams, I thought the footy was fantastic. I thought the footy went another level. So yeah. um, you know, potentially could it have gone two, two, and two might have been a better result. Um, but yeah, having said that, if that was the case, <laughs> you know, we might not be in. So. Um, I'll probably sit a little bit on the fence on that one. And yep. I've got an interesting question for you, Peter. Um, mm-hmm. With four weeks out from round one, I'm just wondering when the Saints are going to announce the skipper. Is that anytime soon? Is there any standouts for you um, of who you want to be the first inaugural captain um, for the red, white? I'm used to saying black and white. For the black, white, and red? Yep. Yeah, I, um, captains will be announced next week. So um, I'm trying to elaborate too much more. Oh, no, so, straight bat. No, very so, well played. Some investigative, investigative journalism by Chloe there to notice that you hadn't announced it yet. Um, yeah. So obviously you guys are an, an basically a new club starting up here in Moorabbin. You've got Brett Ratton, a new coach on the men's side coming in. Does it feel like a, a, a completely new club at St Kilda at the moment with, with you guys coming in and a new look in the men's side? What's the sort of vibe like at uh, RC Park? R, is it RC? Yeah, or? yeah. Oh, yeah, RSCR Park. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look, vibes. Uh, it's great. Um, it's always great this time of year, though, because, <laughs> you know, no one's losing and everyone's potentially winning. So, um, no, but, uh, you know, Rats, uh, he, you know, he, he's been a breath of fresh air, definitely for our men's, our men's program um, and also um, our women's program. Uh, he's heavily invested in our, in our women's program. Uh, I mean, we, we've relationship over the last year. I mean, our desks were sitting right beside each other last year, so um, we've got really good connections. And, um, you know, even, even before our AFLW side, he'd be down in the basketball courts, you know, um, working with our VFL girls, etc. So um, it's been quite, uh, it, you know, it's been it's been really genuinely integrated and really genuinely connected. And 
you know, the whole staff, both, you know, admin and, and footy staff can really feel that and really ride the wave of, of that energy and momentum. Awesome. Well, that's all we've all the questions we've got for you uh, today, Peter. Um, I am looking forward to round seven at Vic Park. Um, <laughs> yeah. Under the lights of Vic Park. I'm sure you've played many games at Victoria Park. You were a very good footballer yeah. um, in your heyday. Um, but thank you for okay. taking How the time. How do you know that? Um, oh, I've searched your Wikipedia page and I've heard around the traps you you're pretty good. Okay. I reckon you'd kill it if you okay. were um, the footballer. Well, well, I'm glad that you've referenced that because everyone seems to forget about that. So um, I'm glad you referenced that. No, I've heard very good things about you. Very, very good things about you. Um, so I'm excited for your St Kilda team, um, especially with you at the helm of it. So I wish you and your team all the best. And like I said, I'll see you round seven. And thank you again for joining us. Thank you. Okay, well, we've just finished speaking with AFLW coach Peter Searle. That was a really interesting discussion about how teams build clubs. And basically, what I was really interested in was she had a blank slate to work with. She had seen uh, 10 other teams do it before and had this chance to sort of do it from scratch. And I think it's really cool to to hear how they really had a really solid plan there when they were looking at other teams and how they did it. Yeah, it makes me excited to hear how much work herself and those around her have invested into to creating this team because they had a very good VFLW side. Um, so I'm actually quite excited to, to watch her team now. And she is a very good very good coach, what I've heard. Um, a brilliant operator. Yeah, and I, I bet she's probably sitting there wishing that she could be a player, but um, she'll <laughs> have to settle for coach. But she, I think she'll do a very good job leading the Saints this year. Okay, so we'll, but we'll finish up this podcast with a few uh, questions. You, ha- you put out a call to arms on Instagram, yes. asking for questions. I thought we'd get like three. It turns out we've got like 75. <laughs> so we're going to go through a few. Um, you've got them in front of you, so feel free to read them out and you can answer them yourself if you want or you can pass them off. Well, I've actually, an interesting question came in from AFED390, so we're going to give them a shout yes, out absolutely. as well. Which I actually like the question. It's quite controversial, but why are they always low-scoring games? Interesting. Why do you think? And I, I thought it was actually quite a genuine question. Um, they are quite low-scoring, but... I mean, actually, I could probably take that back. We've had a couple, of, a few high-scoring games, and I think the scores across the three years are just it's, it's increasing. Up. Yeah, yeah. It is. but I guess scientifically, we can't kick as long as the men. Um, we play on grounds as big as the men. Mm-hmm. The footy, uh, our feet are smaller. Um, the football's smaller. Uh, our skills aren't as crisp and clean as the men, so the game is a bit more contested. Footy. The game is shorter. The game is shorter. We have less players on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not coming up for excuses why they no, are low it's scoring. Just facts. But it's just, yeah, I think that's the reason why they are low scoring. But um, I think come next season or even the season coming up, we're going to see higher scores put, mm. on, put on the board. You just look at the men's comp when it first launched. I know obviously they were still learning how to, how to do the game, but you guys haven't had those years of juniors and all that to sort of build. They're starting to have that now with these young 18-year-olds and 16, 17-year-olds coming through. But anyone who expected it to be like 80 to 100 or 100, 120, I just don't think they understand women's footy. And I think they're people who are who are looking to be antagonistic towards the game. I don't know if that guy was. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, there's genuine reasons why the, the mm. scoring is low. And we probably missed the best one. The, the, the game's shorter. The game is way shorter. So I said it, that. Oh, did you? But that's okay. okay. No, that's true. <laughs> the game is like 40% shorter. Yeah, it so is. Comparatively, 
like it's funny because if you compare the length of the NAFLW game to the length of a men's game and compare the stats, it's insane. Like Ebony, Ebony Marinoff would be averaging like 40 tackles a game or something like that. If you actually compared the pair, some of these girls are elite um, oh, yeah. with the possessions. Getting Managing 20 possessions in an AFLW game is like converted to a, a men's AFL game. Yeah, it's like it's almost getting 40 touches. Man, mm. if, it's just, yeah, incredible. Anyway. But the scores will get higher. Next question. Next question. What are you most looking forward to in the AFRW season? And this is from Liam Cook. Interesting. Um, I think I'm most looking forward to seeing North Melbourne, actually. Um, I really thought that they were the second best team last year behind Adelaide. They were a bit unfortunate with their conferencing systems um, and they got caught behind. I really want to see what their forward line looks like. They got, they've delisted uh, Mo Hope, who was their leading goal kicker last year. I want to see them play Emma King as a permanent forward. And I'm really interested to see how, how they balance her because she I can't remember if she was like second in their goal kicking or, or something. She was out there. But I think she was best on ground in the two games she played at full forward. And I remember one of them was the Carlton game. And it's like, what the hell do you do? I remember the Carlton game. I remember you, one specific do? moment. Literally, I reckon there was three Carlton defenders and you just see these long yep. arms go up, like go-go gadget arms, and the ball just clunks. And then the Carlton defenders land and it's just Emma King and she's just taken an absolute... Yep. Cherry from the defenders. I, I remember that moment, actually. I think Kate Gillespie-Jones is good enough to rock with Emma King relieving her. I think they should be playing Emma King at full forward with Garner around there as well. well th- Gillespie-Jones can cover the ground very, oh, yeah. very well. Absolutely. So next question for you. This is, I actually really like this one. It took me... Oh, I didn't even answer the question. I'll answer the question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, um, what, what are you looking I, for? What am, I'm looking forward to um, just being back out there. Hell at least yeah. from a, um, a personal perspective. I'm very, very excited to put the boots on and get out there. But if I have to generalize it, I'm actually looking forward to round two. Oh. I really, <laughs> really am. Um, even round even round one. But round two, just yep. because of that rivalry. Carlton Collingwood. Carlton Collingwood, where unfortunate zero and three run. Um, but yeah, to all those Carlton fans and probably Carlton players um, in particular, um, a couple of them. Yeah, it's, it won't happen again. We and still, I say that sarcastically, we but still, it'd be very good. We still need to work out a punishment because the we loser of, of this game, we might have to put that on, on Instagram and see what <laughs> see what your followers think. We will. But I, I love I love the Carlton-Collingwood rivalry and it's a rich um, rivalry that's gone through years of AFL. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to being back out there because my debut game was actually against Carlton. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward. And Karen Harrington just got named co-captain alongside Katie Loins. Um so yeah, I look. I actually haven't played, haven't played a game of football with her being on the field. Interesting. So I'm looking forward to that. A bit of banner with her. Um, yeah. So it'll be, it'll be good. Round two is what I'm most looking forward to. Now we'll put this in. You can talk from a Carlton perspective. I'll talk from a Collingwood perspective. Sure. If you could recruit any player from another to Collingwood or to Carlton, who would it be? This is from Kiara underscore B. You know what my answer is? Bree Davy. Yeah, I want Bree Davy back. Thanks. Oh, if you could see his expression, guys. I'm really upset about this. To those listening, that was really sweet. He actually genuinely nearly cried. It's a cape. <laughs> I, I, I I'm am, sorry. I am tearing up. No, I think Carlton <laughs> is a is a gun midfielder away from being a grand final team, and that has slipped through their fingers again. I hold nothing against Bree for going to Collingwood. She had every reason to want to go go there and do what she wants and earn her money. Yeah, that's no, her her responsibility. Yeah. And talking on that, um, just quickly put my two bob in. I don't think you can hold it against any players no. who, who decide to move. Um, the league's expanding, yeah, and it's not a full-time job. So, it, like, 
you do need to do things that are going to support your life. And it, yep. yeah, you got to start thinking a bit more about your, I guess, future as a person. Um, but obviously as a player as well, there's some, there's loyalty in that that come into it. But yeah, you can't hold it against anyone that, that chooses to move. Who do you want at the pies? Who do I want at the pies? Um, well, I want more than one. I'm a bit greedy. Yes. <laughs> it's funny that you said Brie. Um, I want Jazzy. Jazzy yeah. Garner. Oh, you want her back? I'd love Jazzy Garner back. Just another damaging forward. Yep. A lot because she could have, imagine Sophie Alexander, Sarah Darcy, and then Jazzy Garner. But that's okay. And Chloe Malloy. And Chloe Malloy. Well, yeah. You? I still need to ask I you. I can't where. tell you where I'm playing. That's not. That's a secret. That is I'll not tell telling. you off air. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, but I would take, um, not thinking about Collingwood structure and everything, just talking of players who I think are elite, um, would be Kiara Bowers. I love, oh, I'm a big. So I'm a big. I'm pro Kiara Bowers. I'm going, I don't want to spoil our prediction show because we're doing that either next week <laughs> or the week after, but I think at the moment she's my pick for the for the main award, Ooh. the, uh, the un, untitled AFLW Best Player Award. We are spoiling our own podcast, yeah, by the way. It's, that's not good. Anyway. But speaking of, I just want to give a quick shout out to um, Kiara Bowers. Her and her partner Adele are expecting a baby Hell in yes. June 2020, which is so awesome. Congrats. So awesome. And then I pick speaking babies. Um Brazzy, my teammate, just had a little boy. Her and Brookie um, had safely arrived. Lewis Don Brazzle, um, which is pretty awesome. So, And shout out to Jess Stuffin as well, who's now yes. expecting. Huge loss for North. Oh, massive, massive. Huge. She actually didn't refer to North Melbourne in her post, which I thought was interesting. But, yeah. Anyway, I'm funny. Anyone who gets <laughs> pregnant, I get so excited. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we got one, one more question. Ooh. Oh, one more question. Yes. Yeah. I was like, oh, one more question. Oh, I think Jess Wushner asked who your favourite Brisbane player was as well. Oh my God, I do have to stitch up a couple of people while they stitch me up. So yep. why is Brie Davies so cool? Yep. Um, that yep. I cannot answer because... It, who sent you that one? Oh, who do you think sent me that one? Me. No. <laughs> Brie Davies actually asked why Brie Davies is so cool. Why is she so cool? I think her tattoos make it really cool. Yeah, she's tough. <laughs> um, can Would you back Tanny to kick a goal? This is from Tanya Hetherington from GWS. Mm-hmm. Um, would I you? would say yes, because backliners have one of the straightest kicks. So yes, Tanny, I'd back you in to kick a goal. Nice. And yes, who's your favorite Brisbane Lions AFLW player? And I didn't actually get an option to answer this because she'd answered herself. Okay. So well, Jess Wushner is my favorite Brisbane Lions AFLW player. She's my favorite too. We don't have a choice. No. And my favorite Pies player who was very annoying in a nice way um, when I put out this question was Maddie Shevlin. So Shevos, Shevonada, NASA. Whatever you want to call yourself. You know, she called herself Chevos um, because she wears number 35, Peter Dacos. Wow. Dacos, Chevos. Well, yeah, there's uh, an insight for everyone. Um, you are my favorite prize player. But back to the questions. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. One more. <laughs> Do you want the season to expand longer in the coming years? This is another controversial question. I definitely want the season to be longer, um, but I don't want it to be longer in summer. That's the thing. I okay. think it needs to extend at the end of the season, not at the start, you know? Go yes. more towards the men's season, go further away from tennis and cricket. Yep. Because obviously, this is not a sport designed to be played in 40 degree heat. Oh, I know. That's what That was one of the other so, questions. Do you want to play in the winter instead of under the scorching, blazing sun? And I, I would definitely take that over. I think, yeah. Like the, the current VFLW system needs to merge with the current AFLW system and become one big thing, with the VFLW system becoming like the VFL and yes. becoming a twos. Yep. I think that's the way it should go personally. Yeah. I think give a, give a couple more bre- uh, years of breathing space just to let the game um, increase in skill level, um, knowledge, IQ, things like that. A couple more years to breathe um, and 
you know, reach um, a higher level of, I guess you could say, entertainment in AFRW, cleaner skills, things like that, and then we'll have higher scoring games. Funny how all these questions just intertwine. Um, but then, yeah, then we can look to expand. And I like what you said about joining the VFRW. David, as a seconds. Well, thank you all for, for your questions. We'll put them out again uh, next time we do a podcast. Thank you, Chloe, for coming in. Thank you, Nick slash Pont slash Legend. Oh, that's slash nerd. Yes, correct. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. That is it for the second episode of the AFLW, the Boundary AFLW on SEN podcast. Thank you to Peter Sell for joining us. Thanks for the Saints. Thanks to the Saints for hooking us up with that interview. Uh, we will we will probably be back. We're not sure whether we're podcasting next week or the week after because we are basically just going show to show at this point. <laughs> but we will talk to you soon. Thank you for tuning in.